What did you have for breakfast? So I had a tragic morning when my alarm didn't go off. Oh, no. So I had a late breakfast um, that some may call lunch. Okay. Um, but it was banh mi. It was, banh I went mi. to an event, and I think it's Vietnamese food, but it was excellent. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. And so I walked all the way over to the Walter Center this morning and got a free donut. And I had uh, Earl Irish breakfast tea, not Earl Grey. I wished I had Earl Grey. Both but delicious. Both delicious. Very delicious. Donuts and tea mm-hmm. and banh mi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a new haiku. Great start. Well, well, well. Welcome to the Well Squad Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Wells Quadcast, the official podcast for Wells Quad at Indiana University. I'm your host, J.P. Pritchard, and we're back. After multiple months in hiatus, we have returned to the digital airwaves to give you new knowledge of what we have to offer here at Wells Quad at Indiana University, and what better day to demonstrate than IU Day, which is the day that we're currently recording. I have two special guests with me today, and I'll let them introduce themselves a little bit. I'm Abby McLean. I'm a sophomore. This is my second year living at Wells Quad. Um, I'm a biology and Spanish double major. I'm doing a concentration in integrative and organismal biology, which basically means I just really like the environment and animals a lot. And I'm Thomas Rainbolt. I'm a freshman. This is obviously my first year at the Wells Quad. I'm doing a physics and astrophysics double major with a math minor, though I'm only like one class shy of the major. I'm not really specializing right now, but I plan on pursuing further on and going into theoretical particle research. Nice, interesting. And so it's nice to have you both on. Have you seen the picture of the black hole? Yeah, I have. That's pretty awesome. So cool. I just came from a regularly scheduled uh, physics lecture, that uh-huh. I have, and it was actually on black holes conveniently. That's amazing. That's such a cool, such yeah. a cool day. So the reason that my alarm didn't go off this morning is I didn't set it last night uh-huh. because I was up until three a.m. watching YouTube videos about the black hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a good excuse, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so aside from geeking out, uh, I brought you two on today because we're going to talk about research. And it's come to my knowledge that you two are both involved in uh, research labs here on campus. So why don't you two um, kind of explain like what you do and um, yeah, we'll just go into it. Just explain like what labs you're part of and what you do. Yeah, so I'm in the Primate Environmental Endocrinology Lab run by Dr. Michael Wasserman. It is shortened frequently to PEEL. Like orange peel, because it's that, I think that's better. less of a mouthful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Um, and his sort of main research interest is um, the impact of humans on non-human primates, basically through anthropogenic climate change in, um, I think, Uganda is where their lab in Africa is, and then in Central American region. So what I am working on for his projects are their phytoestrogen project, which basically humans have hormones, plants have hormones. Who knew? Biologists. Um, you said phyto... Phytohormones. So okay, it's like so plant phyto like plant hormones. Okay, got it. Cool. Um, so it's not like the estrogen that you would find in a human, but it's the plant equivalent of that. And basically the idea is that 
theoretically humans could be having an impact based on activities in the area around these plants, and then primates are consuming them, hmm. and it could be affecting them in ways that we are trying to find out. Fascinating. Interesting. Cool. And Thomas? So I work on the IU Neutrinos group. My, I'm, it's split into two subgroups, the Nova and the Dune group. I'm on the Dune group. We are working on. Can the... I just say those are really cool names? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> they're, they're very. Ni- we like um, to have nice names in physics. We named one of our particles Charm. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the Dune project. We are s- the world's largest particle physics experiment ever that's conducted. Amazing. We are set to start working in 2026. Fingers crossed. Um. The premise is to shoot a line of these particles called neutrinos Mm -hmm. from a national lab outside of Chicago called Fermilab. Oh, okay. And we're going to be shooting them all the way to the western edge of South Dakota. We're going to shoot them under the earth, and then we're going to detect them um, one and a half kilometers down in a mine shaft in 70,000 tons of liquid argon. Because these are very hard to detect, so we need a lot of something that they like to interact with. Yeah. They love, inter- they love liquid argon, so we're okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, it could be worse. Originally, when we started t- studying these, we used um, dry cleaning fluid. <laughs> that was the original f- thing, because they like dry cleaning fluid, too. Uh, currently, I'm working on trying to define, not define, make up a method of a computer program to take in information and pre-record all the possibilities of where we might get like um, signals from photons in this detector. Fascinating. So, yeah. And it's a pretty big task. It will, it will be integrated into the actual program for our project eventually, yeah. whenever I get it finished. So, yeah. I feel bamboozled by those words, but it sounds very interesting. That sounds like, I mean, we're talking, that's, uh, you're right, that sounds like a pretty big task. I mean, we're talking about, like, little, <laughs> little itty-bitty things that there's, like, conceptually, it's hard to even mm-hmm. imagine how small they are, but that's... We, we, we can barely detect them, yeah. Yeah, that's wild, <laughs> and you got to figure out how to, like, predetermine where they might be. That's not the hard part. <laughs> oh, okay. But, well, that is, that's that's not that's, the hard part. The hard part is determining where yeah. they're going to be at. But there's there's some interference we have to work with, uh-huh. and that's the big issue. Yeah, and we don't fully know how to work with the interference yet. But yet we put it into the project. So that is the wildest thing. We're going to shoot some stuff under the ground, and uh-huh. a big pool will <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> that's yeah. that's neat. Uh, okay, so it would take three podcasts to go entirely into everything mm-hmm. we do. So how about instead I ask, what got you interested in research in the first place? Thomas, why don't we start with you first? So I've all, well, not always, but for, I don't know, probably over a decade, I've wanted to go into theoretical particle physics. When I came to IU, I said, okay, you know, sure, I need to get involved in something. Mm-hmm. Someone told me, well, you better start with experimental. It's a lot easier to get into. I agreed to that. So I asked one of my professors via email if, hey, could I join your research group? 
because I knew he did neutrino research. And he didn't respond, and didn't respond. So one day I showed up in his office and asked him what was the deal. And he told me that, oh, sorry, haven't gotten to your email yet. <laughs> but he wasn't taking on anyone. Be an undergrad, a grad student, a pet rock, he wasn't doing it. He was too busy for anything. <laughs> but he referred me to the guy with the office next door uh-huh. who was on this Doom project. And so I think like two weeks later I went, showed up at his door, introduced myself, said who had referred me. And I think about three meetings later he asked if I wanted to join and I was like, yes, I wanted to join your group before I ever met you. And also, That's great. whenever I was uh, filling out college applications, they there was a Scientific American article mm-hmm. on this project. So I already knew the project. I had actually applied to several colleges because I knew they had um, connections to this project. Yeah. I didn't know IU did, so that was fun. So I That's was awesome. really pumped, yeah. Yeah, so it's like you kind of put your foot in the door and kept it there. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. all right, I'm coming. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's good. Abby? Yeah, so when I decided I wanted to come to IU, um, basically I already knew that I did when I started applying for colleges, um, but I was lucky enough to get a scholarship with the Wells program. And as a part of that, you go through this big interview process, um, and it turned out that the person who interviewed me is the PI in the lab I work for now. So during the interview process, it was basically just... What interests you about Bloomington? Yeah. He had just moved here. The lab's pretty new, getting set up. He mentioned, you know, in the future, if you're interested in doing research, let me know. Um, and we kind of talked about, during the interview process, what his research was about, and it lined up pretty well with my interests. Um, I love the planet. I love the environment. I really like animals. I like being able to do research that you can, like, touch the things and see the things yeah. and then see the results immediately. Um, and so, yeah, a few months later, after I had gotten a few weeks of the semester under my belt, I emailed him and I said, hey, remember me? (laughs) Um, and he said, yes, I do remember you. And I think it's pretty common, something that I did not know about, um, for professors doing research. A lot of times they'll want you to take a class with them first, Mm. just so Mm. they can kind of like gauge your work ethic, make sure that if they're going to invest their time in you, that you're going to be like a willing and active participant. And so spring semester of freshman year, I took a class that he was teaching um, called the Evolution of the Human Ecological Footprint, which was one of my favorite classes that I've taken at IU so far, Mm -hmm. which was basically kind of looking in a a broader sense of what he studies in the lab. And so did that, and then... Yeah, this past fall semester, I started working in the lab. That's him. awesome. Hmm. So it almost sounds like for the both of you, it was a mix of like serendipity and yeah. just determination yeah, of absolutely. like, this is what I want to do and mm-hmm. I'm going to, I, w- I want to do it. So that's awesome. I guess the next thing I, I want to get into is thus far, how, how has the experience been? What have you kind of like gained from it as far as, you know, skills, connections, mm-hmm. um, new knowledge, things like that? So I love lab work. It was something, one of, as a biology major, a lot of us are pre-med, which is like a great and valid path to be going down. Mm-hmm. And lots of people ask me, oh, like, you must be pre-med. And I say, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, because 
even though I think like the, the science behind that is interesting, it just wasn't necessarily the path that I was looking to go down being a doctor. I can relate. Um, <laughs> but then also it's like, okay, great, but then what do you do with a biology degree? And, you know, research is the next option. My sister did research in college. She's going to grad school. Um, and so I was like, great, this is what I want to do. But you hear kind of horror stories of people who are like, well, I'm spending six to eight hours in lab every day and I don't like it at all and now I don't know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So going in, it was kind of like, well, I'm going to try this out and I really hope that I do like it. So it's been really gratifying to be like, okay, I do like this. This is what I want to do, even if it is um, a few weeks ago. So I just started on a new project um, with monkey feces, which is very exciting for me. Most people look at me like, what? (laughs) Um, I think I'd probably give you a look too, but yeah. seeing, seeing your, I mean, for the listeners right now, if you could see Abby's face talking about feces, she's very, it's a, it's a big group. Yeah. So this one is looking basically at the gut microbiome of monkeys on an island that got formed uh, when the Panama Canal got created. So it's kind of like oh, a wow. unique ecological yeah, so not, situation. Not really that long ago. Yeah. Like, you know, evolutionarily mm-hmm. speaking. So it's a really interesting project. And the thing about research a lot of times is and I think I would find this with your Neutrino project, it sounds so cool to hear about, like, the big scheme of the research that's going on. Mm -hmm. But if I had to do Neutrino research, I would be miserable. Yeah. And so it's nice to know that... So a few weekends ago, I went into lab, and I was in lab on a Sunday for, like, eight hours just doing pipetting and, you know, processing the samples. But it felt like a good, productive thing at the end of the day, which was gratifying to know, like, hey, I actually do like this. I'm making a contribution to the effort. And eventually I will get to, you know, see those results as they pan out. Yeah, so a lot of, like, reassurement in your own, Mm -hmm. um, you know, pursuits down the road. And then some kind of almost like an instant gratification, but definitely some closer than conclusion kind. Yeah. That's good. So for me, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, My first... I don't know if I want to call it a task, was to try to read up on some particle physics textbooks, which I now own. <laughs> uh, if you ever think about reading them, don't. <laughs> they're, they're a little dry. The one thing is the one guy who wrote one of my textbooks actually is on the same project as me, but he's in England. So okay. I fangirled a little bit over that when I found it out. Uh, so that was the beginning, and then... I think it was early this semester, because I started talking in like September, and me and my uh, research professor had agreed, well, we're not going to actually do anything until next semester. So he started me on a spreadsheet, which physics by spreadsheet is about like doing math by blocks. It's a valid method, but not a particularly good one. Mm-hmm. And so this was a basic model of what we're trying to view. And I had to go through and do sanity checks. Uh, It was insane. It did not pass many of the sanity checks, so I had to fix it Mm -hmm. several times. That was really nice because it was made by a guy who works at Fermilab. So this is a guy with his PhD. He just retired, and I'm like, okay, I know more about this than you do because you made all these really bad errors sometimes. Oh, wow. Bruce Ballard, if you're listening, you're a great person, but your spreadsheet was a little off. (laughs) Um, Call him out. (laughs) Yeah. You heard it here, folks. So 
I did that, and after I ran enough sanity checks that I was about ready to go insane, mm-hmm. we said, okay, well, we're going to actually start making an actual program. And there were two options. I could start to write it in the actual final programming language, or I could write it in Python. Uh, and so my research professor very nicely said, you can write it in Python, and we'll have someone turn it into the actual final product for you which is so nice because the actual final product, the actual, the root is what they call the final language, is notorious for being difficult to use. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, please don't. Yeah. So I've just recently started getting into that, trying to figure out how to write this probably going to be a rather large program. The current estimate is is that I think we're thinking that we will have to send it to a government supercomputer and have it run for several days. So that's about how long it'll take to run. That's going to be fun. Supercomputers are cool. Yeah. And over spring, uh, talking about like networking, Mm -hmm. over spring break somehow, don't know how, whoever it is, thank you, I got added to a website called Inspire which is an international database of people in higher energy physics. So Cool. If That's you, awesome. Yeah. So if you look me up on IU, I'm currently the number one person on that website because I'm the newest. But don't tell anyone I'm just the number one person at IU for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. So so you even got like your own profile built, it sounds yeah. like. That's that's really cool. So yeah, so networking, um, sounds like you're gaining skills and something that you weren't super thrilled about, but you're, like, learning about it still, that language. I'll slowly get it. You'll get it. You'll get yeah. there. Cool. So for students that are interested in getting into mm-hmm. research, what would be some advice that you'd have for them or maybe uh, advice and maybe some, you know, ways to kind of temper their expectations or kind of set them towards, like, a path that you think would benefit them? Yeah, so I think... It sounds like we've both had some pretty lucky chance encounters, which definitely, it's kind of interesting, a lot of my friends who are involved in research, kind of random stuff pops up that you're not expecting, so you kind of have to be ready to take advantage of that. But sometimes it really is just sitting down and being like, okay, what's the research happening at IU? Do I want to get into research freshman year? I think that's becoming a bigger trend, is trying to get involved in research earlier. Um... Some professors won't take freshman students, so if you really want to be involved in research freshman year, you kind of have to keep that in mind. Um, but it still doesn't hurt to like, right? At least you know, yeah. voice your Get interest. Your it sounds door, like right, yeah. and it might. Be, I mean, it worked out pretty well for yeah. for yeah. you. Because it and it might be the case that like you take a class and then that gives you more interest in the subject, or you right. might find out, hey, maybe I should go down a different path, email mm-hmm. a different professor. And all of the people that I've talked to, professor wise, have been super willing to recommend other professors like what happened with you to like point you in a direction that's going to be helpful for you which Mm -hmm. has been really nice about IU because they want you to help them but they also want you to be succeeding and getting stuff out of it I think for sure Mm -hmm. remain open about what you're interested in Mm -hmm. I was not expecting to get what I got so it turned out well for me but I would have taken a lot of different things given the chance and yeah, like, talk to a professor you have maybe, or someone you're interested in. I have emailed multiple, I've emailed multiple professors about different things. I've 
the worst thing that ever happened is one time one of the professors took a week to respond, but she apologized for that profusely, so, which I didn't care. But just don't expect the perfect research position to show up, but also you'd be surprised what's available, and you'd be surprised what people are willing to, you know, do to help you get mm -hmm. somewhere. I think professors are also tend to be impressed if you're reaching out on your own, being like, hey, I'm really interested in the research that you're doing. This is why I'm interested, you know, if they can see that you've already done some work to see, like, I see you've written these papers, I think this was an interesting subject, that way they know ahead of time, they're like, hey, this kid's really interested in what I'm doing and is, like, you know, willing to help out. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think, and I kind of knew going in right off the bat, you're not necessarily going to be doing, like, the big, exciting projects that you see, you know, papers getting published on, but even just, like, building the basic lab skills is a really, really important, you know, feature of lab experience. I wouldn't be working on this new project if I hadn't already had a semester of learning how to use all the equipment and making sure that, you know, you're not contaminating everything because I'm doing um, biosafety level two stuff with the feces. You have to be pretty careful. Right. So even just building those basic lab skills are really transferable if you decide, well, maybe I want to do a different lab my junior and senior year, stuff like that. I think that's a great place to um, sign off then. Um, thank you both for being on the quadcast. For listeners, that was Abby McLean and Thomas Rainbow. I have been your host, J.P. Pritchard, and you've been listening to the Wells Quadcast. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned. Oh, no.